Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is an incredible therapist, I'm told, and uh, she's an amazing human. I love, love, love spending time with her. You'll see why in just a minute. She is pregnant. She's expecting her first kid and going to do a home birth. That's the plan. And for the first time ever, we have discussed trying to record some elements of the birth so that we can bring you into the experience a little deeper during the post-birth interview. Roxana Saremi, welcome to the podcast. Guinea pig of the possibility of doing during birth. Love it. Before, during, and after. Before, during, after. But I mean, that goes with your awesome personality is that you're like open. And why are you open? It's not for you. (laughs) Maybe because I'm a double Aquarius. I'm just open to the new, the inventive, the creative, the different, the weird. I want to do it all. I want to experience it all. I hear feedback all the time from people that say, hey, the closest thing I have to having any kind of idea of what it's going to be like when I'm in labor is listening to a bunch of other people's labor stories. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be at your birth, but what uh, you're going to be surrounded by great people who just periodically will look for moments to capture an audio. And then the idea is that we'll weave them in afterwards. So my goal in the whole thing, and here's how I pitched it, was what if we could get even deeper into that experience, almost as if we're in a fly on the wall in the room with you. And that's what we're going for. I love it. I'm super gung-ho about it as of right now. We'll see how I feel during. <laughs> yeah. But right now I'm really into it. And that's how I've been learning about birth is I watch Instagram stories. I listen to the during, the pushing. It's how I've been learning what it could be like for me, especially a home birth. Yeah. I want to learn more about how you came to your birth intentions and how your pregnancy is going. But let's start at the beginning. You're a very cool therapist. Tell me about your background. Thank you. Well, I actually was going to be a teacher. I was midway through a master's program to be an elementary school teacher because I love kids so much. And I think they're so wise and they have so much to share. It's like such a synchronistic thing that happened. I was in a meeting and a flyer flew, like literally flew onto the table. And it said, Masters of Marriage and Family Therapy on the flyer. And I had no idea that I could get my master's and practice clinical therapy. I always thought I had to be like wifey and become a psychologist or Mm. get my side And so I was like, oh my gosh, I could get my master's and practice therapy. That sounds so cool. I want to like get more emotionally intimate with people. I don't know if I can do that in parent-teacher conferences. So I switched it up. (laughs) Yeah. But your approach is unique. It is unique. It's more, I mean, people would call it holistic. And to me, that means looking at the whole person like a lot of therapists do talk therapy, which we do. I'm trained in talk therapy and all of us at Flow House are, but we also incorporate ways to tap into emotions, trauma that reside in the body. Specific techniques that you're trained in? We're trained in EMDR, which stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. I feel better just hearing that. (laughs) which we could talk about on a whole other episode, but people use it for trauma, honestly, all sorts of things. And we use somatic therapy. 
We use brain spotting. We so use... Someone means body. So what is body therapy? Honestly, it's tapping into the messages that your body gives you. Maybe sitting in silence, listening. <laughs> I think it is for a lot of people. But after a few minutes, really, you can start to get a feel of what your body's trying to tell you. I mean, even That's these tools. nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How so? Uh-oh, here we go. Okay. That's you. <laughs> you set it up for me. I know. I know. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to have five seconds of silence. Yeah, it's creepy. Okay. Oh, my gosh. The people at home can't see, but I could see you. Like, your five seconds of... I feel like you got something out of your five seconds. You look so relaxed there in five seconds, and I was so anxious... Well, I was doing it with you. Oh. I Maybe we can, eyes. if you know that I'm doing it with you, then it won't feel so weird. I don't know. We'll try that some other time. Okay. You can try it next Monday when I see you. Sweet. So you have all these different approaches in addition to talk therapy, like you have a tool belt full of interesting tools. Totally. And every client is different and everybody has different needs. And that might even change by the week. So we can experiment. And that's why I love working at this private practice flow house that I'm a part of because I can be creative and spontaneous and just be in the moment with this other person who might have never tapped into their body. They don't know what that means or they you know, want to get in touch with some childhood trauma and they've been talking about it all their lives. It's time to switch it up. They've been repeating the same patterns and here there's an opportunity to tap into a different part of themselves that's innately in them. You know, it's uh, super interesting about you. I have uh, a patient who is medically very, very anxious. And so any kind of clinical anything like a blood draw, for example, and they have to do it with him laying down with his feet up, you know, with orange juice right beforehand just to draw blood, right? And then he was watching his partner during pregnancy and how the midwife would come draw blood. And it looked so calm. It's like a whole different environment. And so he's like, would you be able to draw my blood? And he doesn't have any of that reaction. It's fine for him. He's totally comfortable with it. And that's like now, mm. now they already have their kid. And like, if he ever needs labs, he's like, hey, can I get some labs done by you? And it sort of feels like the relationship that you have with your therapist, it could be, you know, more clinical or it could be one where you just, I don't know, just in the presence. I think doulas are like this too. Like a a sign of great doulas, they walk in the room and you feel relaxed. And I I wonder if if because of that, you have such a calming presence. I wonder if because that people are like find their courage and strength to say, okay, mm-hmm. in this warmth, I'm in this nurturing environment, I'm ready to finally tackle, you know, at 46 years and 11 months, I'm finally ready to tackle what I've been holding on to since oh. three minutes after I came into the world. Totally. And I do feel like a big part of my job is just holding space in that way. I feel like you must be an incredible space holder. Um, who's your clientele? I like, do you work with a specific genre of clients is uh, individuals, couples, kids? Well, everyone at flow house has their specialty and we see an array of different people. But for me personally, 
definitely not couples. I just don't think that I could do that. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time in relationship, but my specialty is mostly young women. I can see men too, but I just bring in all the ladies and it's young women who come from emotionally unavailable or narcissistic families. So that's like my niche, but anything from depression, I mean, COVID has brought up a lot of stuff for people. When you said emotionally unavailable or narcissistic families, my immediate thought was like, are my kids coming from an emotionally unavailable or narcissistic home? I don't think they are. Your children sound wonderful. Oh, they're the best. I just wonder if they're the best despite me or if I've somehow contributed to their. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We can get into that. Yeah, we totally can. I'm going (laughs) to take a quick break. When we come back, let's find out about your pregnancy and your plans for birth. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Roxana Sarami. Am I saying that right? I'm just going to go with whatever you're saying because I love it. Sarami. Sarami. And she is pregnant now, and you're getting up there. How many weeks are you? Almost 38. Wow. You seem so comfortable. This is the most comfortable I have felt in my body. What? At 38 weeks? Mind blown. Just like being pregnant in general. I mean, skirt, skirt, the first trimester. Oh, right. Now, second trimester and third trimester, this is like the best I've felt in my body. I love this body. I have so many questions for you, and I I love that you love your pregnant body. I want to get to that, too, but I would love to start at the beginning. How did you find out you were pregnant? It was a complete surprise, and I hadn't even missed my period yet before taking a pregnancy test. I know that sounds so weird, but I, whatever reason, gravitated towards my drawer. This is between clients, too, so I don't think that this is going to be anything exciting but for whatever reason my body just led me to under my cupboard I grabbed a pregnancy test went pee just left it on the windowsill went to wash my hands kind of forgot about it was getting dressed for my next client and was like oh yeah 
let me go check that. And there it was, two lines. So I sat through my next session. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Knowing this. And um, obviously texted my two best friends, then took two more tests. (laughs) Everybody does. (laughs) There it was. And these were like the cheapy pregnancy tests that come in the ovulation kit. They're like paper. They're not the real like digital cool ones. Yeah, old school. They're old school. But the fact that you had an ovulation kit, does that mean you were trying to get pregnant? I wasn't trying to get pregnant. My periods were just so irregular that I started to track my ovulation just to kind of keep tabs of my cycle. Oh, and then surprise. So I was like, (laughs) because you're like, it was a total surprise. But I had pregnancy tests in my cupboard. Now I understand. Yes. So Uh, it was the opposite. Yeah. Wait, you were trying to not get pregnant? I was trying to not do anything but just figure out my body and just kind of look at my cycles and get a better understanding. And I was taking really good care of my body then, going to acupuncture, I was doing Pilates. And I think the combo was just, this baby was like, it's my time. Here I come. And you just had a weird feeling like, I think I'm pregnant. Yeah, it was so so weird. Have you been pregnant before? Never. Me either. (laughs) First for both of us. Yeah. I've had the feeling like maybe I am, but I never, <laughs> right. I don't have any tests in my cupboard. Right. So first trimester, you said like skirt, skirt the first trimester. What does that mean? Was it not great? It was just not great. And I talked to my mom and she said that she was nauseous and tired for the first 13 weeks. So every week I was like, okay, only three more weeks of feeling this way. Mom only felt it. 13 weeks. So here I go. And it just was relentless. I was throwing up every day, multiple times a day. Oh, wow. Luckily, COVID, I did sessions from home, but I never right. stopped seeing clients. So I would see clients, maybe vom in between oh. and then continue on. One time I actually threw up mid-session. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was how I told her. I was like, by the way, by the way, I'm <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> by the way, I'm pregnant. Wow, multiple times a day. Yeah. First of all, when you would throw up, do you feel relief afterwards? Yes. For like 45 minutes after, I would actually feel relief. So yes. The idea of throwing up feel appealing to you? Yes. And then were you able to get anything down? Were you start to lose weight? So I never weighed myself, but I bet I lost at least five pounds. And I was getting IVs and I was, so I was never diagnosed with hyperemesis, but when I read about it, I felt like I had it. I mean, it sounds like it to me. It sounds like like it. uh, Whenever this topic comes up, I'd like to talk about the HER Foundation that does uh, research on hyperemesis and really tries to get the word out. And they have an app that helps you. You put in the information, like if you throw up and if you're feeling nauseous and on what scale and things like that. And it puts that information together. And your weight is also a big thing because if you're losing weight, it's a very significant sign that you might have hyperemesis, not nausea and vomiting of pregnancy in its typical sense. And, you know, you could take that information to your doctor and they can look at it and they can be like, oh, wow. Or your midwife, they can be like, oh, wow, this is a sign. And the earlier you start intervening, the better it gets. So when you were getting IVs, you were just getting IV fluid because you're dehydrated or you're getting IV nutrition. So in the beginning, it was just B6 and glutathione. So uh, you'd like to help not only to rehydrate you, but sort of try to help prevent nausea? 
Yeah. Yeah. And it would work for a little bit. I'd hang on for a good four days feeling okay. Now, when I interviewed Amy Schumer about this, she said she she had definitely a diagnosis of hyperemesis. Mm -hmm. She said that she would stop eating food based on what it tastes like and start to think more about what it would taste like on the way back up. Ooh, damn, that hits. Not Roxana, you didn't have that. I honestly, it's like literally a block that time out of my memory. I don't even remember. I don't well, even I, remember. I will tell you, she did say tuna melt, no. Not a good choice. Oh, I can strongly say tuna melt, no. And uh, no meat. Maybe like fruits, like smoothies and berries. Smoothies kind of along the way she went. She said purees were kind of were exactly the same on the way down on the way up. Exactly. Oh gosh. Yes though. All right, yes. Let's shuffle over to the second trimester. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when did all that kind of fade away for you? That icky. So, mm-hmm. so things started to lift around 18 weeks and then oh. I was golden. Uh, that's halfway through your pregnancy almost. And it, it was different than for mama, for your mama. Yep. She yep. got off easy. She really did. Wow, 18 weeks. Did you start to think this is never going to end? Yes, that's exactly what I thought. That's a desperate feeling. I'm so sorry you had that. It's okay because there's something about pregnancy that my memory just wiped it away. And now I'm it's, now I'm all about it. And do you remember the first time you felt movement, baby? I do. It was in bed. It was around the same time, maybe a little bit earlier than that. My girlfriend oh. described it. It felt like when you move your hand like this underwater. Nobody can see you. I know. How do I describe <laughs> this? Back and forth, flopping back and forth. But underwater. Underwater. That's what it felt like to you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, did you know right away that's what it was? Mm-hmm. You did. I feel like you're super intuitive with what's going on in there. That's very cool. And then when you did, I mean, I assume you did a structural ultrasound. Where you see all the little pieces? We did with Dr. Stu, our 20-week oh, scan. Did. Um, did you have a favorite thing to see on there? The whole thing was so cool. I mean, the first time I heard her heartbeats, I just hysterically cried. Yeah. But I'm trying to think at the structural. I think just seeing her little nose and the shape of her face, and he can do 3D. Mm-hmm. So we have printouts, and you can really see the details of her face and all her toes. I love the spine. The spine. Every time I do it, I love the spine and the four chambers of the heart. Just watching that. So cool. Heart just squish away. Squish, 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 squish. So Um, cool. Could you tell on the 3D if she looks more like you or Tom? I think she looks more like me. Ooh, time will tell. We'll see. She's going to be interesting looking. Did you find out right away what you were having? We did. We did the blood test. That tells you. Did you have a thought at all of, like, maybe we want the surprise? Oh, I wanted to know. I'm not one of those people that wants the surprise. Maybe the next one. The surprise? you would have known anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's always now. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to find out how your third trimester is going and your plans for your imminent birth. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Welcome back. 
It's the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. L.A. Berlin, and I am talking to Roxana Sarami. It's getting ridiculous. Okay. Uh, trimester. So when did you pop? I mean, you said you love your pregnant body. You're super mm-hmm. pregnant. I'm going to tell you, in 20 years of doing prenatal care, not a whole lot of people say that. Some people are like, yeah, I like it. It's okay. But at 38 weeks, I'm just put a fork in me i'm done (laughs) hate it hate the changes Mm -hmm. they hate the way they look the way they feel the way the clothing feels you just look so happy Mm -hmm. and so comfortable when did you see like the first signs of belly and have you tracked it at all i mean now do you look at it and you're like oh my god that's attached to me Maybe that's why I like it so much because I had such a rough beginning and I wasn't showing at all for a really long time for like 23 weeks or something. It just looks like I had too many cheeseburgers. So I was so ready to pop and show my belly. And it was, you know, in the midst of the pandemic. So you're not going out anywhere. I have no cute clothes to wear to show off my bump. So I think by the time it came, so maybe like 20 eight weeks it was late that I started to really pop and then I was just you know wanted to debut this baby (laughs) weren't it uh did you still not weigh yourself you don't know how much weight you gained I did weigh myself uh my sister-in-law has a scale and I did weigh myself and I gained 35 pounds so far and you feel good let's talk about the plans for this birth Uh, you mentioned you're doing a home birth was that the plan from right at the beginning or how did you make that choice So way before I even got pregnant, I loved watching birthing videos. It's just one of the things that I enjoyed. I always cry. I think it's so beautiful. And my girlfriend introduced me to the movie, The Business of Being Born. Ah, Ricky got you. Ricky got me. That was my first introduction to the possibility of doing a non-hospital birth. And I I dug it. I liked it. It spoke to me. non-hospital person or is it you don't feel like birth is a hospital thing that's a good question it's not that i'm not a hospital birth person because if during labor i have to go to the hospital i'm totally okay with it and i will surrender if that's my journey but there was something so cool about the idea of giving birth at home you know not having to leave the house possibly birthing in the bathtub using hypnosis and care from like this amazing midwife and this doula and this beautiful team and just being surrounded by love. There's something just so enticing about that. I couldn't pass it up. I mean, for sure, if you describe that experience with the typical hospital experience, it's just a night and day set for the activity that's going to be happening. Are you nervous or anxious about any of the elements first of all, of what things might feel like, and second of all, mm-hmm. of just what might happen along the way? Mm-hmm. I think I'm definitely, I wouldn't say I'm nervous, but I do have fears. And it wouldn't be right of me to say that I didn't have fears about giving birth, because I definitely do, but they're not overpowering fears. Specific fears? <laughs> it's not a fear of safety, which a lot of people who question me giving birth at home kind of lean towards like, it must be a safety thing. Like you're obviously safer in the hospital, but I don't feel that way. For me, it's more just this 
feeling this pain that I've never felt before. And it's so unknown. And the whole experience and the timeline is so unknown. It's more that than anything else. How are you in general in pain? Physical pain? Yeah. I'm kind of a wimp. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think you're pretty tough. I've been practicing my breathing, especially when you're like getting a spot maybe on my neck or somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, intense pressure. I got this. Yeah. I mean, I think a really wonderful way of telling your nervous system, I know that's intense, but I'm not in danger. So I don't want to fight it. I don't want to surrender to it. Love that. Yes. And from what I understand, that comes in handy later. Maybe later tonight for all I know. I'm going to remember that. Wait, say that again. Later tonight? No, the affirmation. I think you already have a wonderful way of telling your nervous system Mm. that this intensity is something I'm not used to, but I'm not in danger and the baby's not in danger. So I want to surrender to it and not fight it. And then you're able to just like, yeah, zen into it and let it move through you. I'm sort of envious. I wish I had that, but you know, I'll grow up one day. (laughs) I can teach you. Thank you. So at birth, like, what do you envision being comforting to you? Do you think touch will be comforting? Do you think words or affirmations will be comforting to you? Music, scents? Watch, I'm going to tell you all the things that are going to bring me comfort now, and then we're going to talk after, and none of those things are going to have been comforting. This wouldn't be the first time that happened. But I'll tell you how I feel right now about it. I think... Oh, one of the things we learned was the hip squeeze. Oh, that already feels good. I think I'm going to want the double hip for sure. I'm going to want some positive affirmations. Mostly you're doing a really good job. That's what I want to hear. You're doing a really good job. Everything's okay. Is there anything specifically you don't want to hear? I don't want to hear back noise chatter. That might really irritate me. And I need it to be a vibe. So I have my battery operated candles and I don't know what kind of music I'm going to want, but I already have a good eclectic playlist that also includes some classic Disney songs. Oh, are you a Disney fan? I'm a huge Disney fan, especially old classic, like Lion King songs. Aladdin was my favorite. Uh, uh, Wait, though? Uh Uh-huh. All that. I love to make birth parodies out of those. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's amazing. That's such a good idea. Thank you very much. We do it usually in the moment if you're in the right mind frame for it. You know, it serves two purposes. Um, I do have this question for you. Do you have predictions? It's a new thing we're doing. Predictions about when you will give birth in relation to your due date. Ooh. Okay. Oh, answer that one right now. Yeah, you guess and I guess. We'll see what happens. Okay, you guess and I guess. I'm going to guess May 4th. What's your due date? May 5th. Oh, so you're saying, first of all, Star Wars Day. (laughs) Yeah. May the 4th. May the 4th. Yes, uh, one day before your due date. I will go with the unpopular answer of May 8th. May 8th. Yeah, I don't know if it has any significance, but May 8th. I'm going with a few days after the due date. Okay. Uh, Next thing. Do you have a prediction on how big she will be or small? Ooh, I'm going to go with seven pounds, seven ounces. Wow. 
Okay, I was at seven pounds, three ounces. Okay. It's going to be a close race for that one. Let's see. Yeah. How about length of labor? Oh, wait, does this mean active labor? From the time you're having surges on a regular basis, right? Until the time the baby comes out. Mm, I want to say 12. You're not going to love my answer at all. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I might just keep it to myself. No, tell me. I was thinking 25. Wow. (laughs) I'm right, but maybe it's better actually for it to be longer. I don't know. I'm a newbie. I think that labor turns into the casino type of environment where time. that comparison. Whoa, yes. And time just goes by and you're like, what? It's Tuesday? So I, I don't know that you'll necessarily feel like, wow, it's hour 12, 13, 14, 15. But I think if it is like 25, 26 hours, and it could be shorter or longer. Uh, you know, I was at a birth a while ago, and the midwife put a sign over all the clocks. And the sign said, the time is now. Ooh. Be here now. I think it was very helpful to just stay in the present moment. What's happening at this yeah. moment is what I have to deal with, you know? Whether I'm taking a break or I'm having a big surge and I'm relaxing into it or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, the time is now. And I think in that environment, 25 hours is is not all that different than 12 hours. Okay. That's comforting. Hopefully I'm right. The last thing I want to talk to you about is, (laughs) uh, well, now I have two things. Do you have snacks in mind for labor? (laughs) Do I have snacks? Yeah. Like specific things you think you want to eat in labor? Oh my gosh. I'm thinking fruit, all kinds of fruit, like mangoes and melons, grapes, strawberries. All those sound really good. Anything hydrating. Oh yeah. Sweet and hydrating. I have a sweet tooth. Oh, but you have like a sweet fruit tooth. Also a sweet fruit tooth. Um, oh, that's such a good question. I didn't even think about snacks. I think. What kind um, of mother are you? What kind of mother? <laughs> you haven't thought about your birth <laughs> Yeah, seriously. TBD, I guess. I don't know, because what if I want something hefty like a cheeseburger? But then yeah, what if I'm sure. throwing up and I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's good to have a variety available. I'll keep you posted. Are you doing anything to kind of, because you love your pregnant body and there's all sorts of things you can do like plaster or belly bowls or things like that. Are you doing any of those? What's plaster? Yeah, they like plaster up your uh, belly and then make a cake. Oh, yeah. No, I really want to do that. I should do that. And then you could either, you could paint it or you could have an artist paint it. I see people put them on the wall sometimes. I love that idea. No, I haven't done any of that. The most we've done is a maternity shoot which has been fun because I got to get dressed up and take pictures. Oh, great. We'll probably use one with the podcast. Yeah. I'm so glad you stopped by because otherwise you wouldn't have thought about the belly cast. I'm dead. What was the other thing you said? Belly cast? bowl. There's another company that kind of makes a cast of your, just the bump, not your whole bust. And uh, they make a glass bowl out of it. What? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking into this. That sounds incredible. I don't have much longer. Yeah, neither one takes very long. Uh, Okay, so you are, we talked about it at the beginning, you're the first attempt 
of trying to bring people a little deeper into a birth experience. And the way we're going to try to do that is the people around you, like your midwife and especially your doula, to just periodically give us a like, okay, it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Roxanne has been in labor for three minutes. <laughs> And she is giggly and listening to Disney tunes and eating cheeseburgers and other things like that. Uh, to the extent that it's not bugging you at all, we'll try to get like little questions from you along the way about how you're feeling and what you're experiencing, what you're thinking about. And then, you know, just some background noise. Like we'll try to hear the noises like a fly on the wall in the background. If all goes well, well, you will wow. come back and get your post-birth interview and try to incorporate some of that from the scene on the ground audio wow uh, create a whole new experience for listeners so i'm very grateful to you for being super cool and open to the idea i just want you to know from the beginning there is absolutely positively no pressure if you feel like you're not talking <laughs> at all you want them to shut off the audio recorder kick us out Okay. You got the it. Last thing I want to do is create any extra, you know, tension or anything like that for you at your own birth. So, here we are at the end. What? I know, but oh it's really gosh. just the halfway mark because we'll be back with a whole new type of post-birth interview. I'm so excited. At 38 and a half weeks, I'm sending you the juiciest, most positive birthy vibes. Thank you. You're amazing. You have an incredibly lucky baby in there. That's going to be showered by your overflowing maternal love and i just hope you have an incredible journey and i can't wait to hear about it and thank you for sharing yay thank you so much honored roxana where can we find you online (laughs) you can find me at flowhouse therapy on instagram that's our flow insta and then flowhousetherapy.com awesome At home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you have questions or topic suggestions, there are topic suggestions coming in all the time now, and some of them are great things that I never thought about and that I'm curious about. Send them to us, info at informedpregnancy.com, or join the conversation on Instagram at Dr. Berlin. 